broadcasting from down on the bayou. It's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by Lake Area Media, LLC. And now your hosts, David Boston and Patrick Fry. And welcome back to episode 96 of the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. We are broadcasting live from the Collar and Elbow Studios, just like the crawl says down at the bottom. You can get a 10% off your entire order with the code, the Average Marks, at checkout. And our shirt today, because I love the X Files, Patrick, the CXE Files, I want to believe t shirt. Yeah, it's a cool looking shirt. I've never really watched the X Files as much as uh, you're going to scold me for, for that. But it's a cool-looking shirt. Uh, I would wear it. Um, yeah, but uh, the X-Files has always been something that I would say intrigued me, but mm-hmm. never intrigued me to the point where I would watch. So, But, uh, yeah, cool-looking shirt. So go uh, get that shirt if you're an X-Files slash wrestling fan and enter that code, the average marks at, at checkout and help out your boys a little bit. You know, you won't pay any more than you would if you wouldn't put in the code word so just put in that code word you know type in a couple of a few letters extra help your boys out and we'll take that money and hopefully make this uh podcast even better than uh, than it already is that's right follow us on social media facebook twitter youtube twitch patreon at the average marks and the great thing about our social media i run facebook patrick runs twitter so you're going to get different stuff on both news feeds so Make sure you hit us up on both. Like it, follow it, Facebook and Twitter at The Average Marks. I kind of do a terrible job of with using the Twitter, to be honest. I mean, I think you you post the birthdays on there and that, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, and I just, I don't know, I forget. So every now and again, I do go on there, but it's not a consistent, it's not as, it's not, it's, yeah, can't even talk. You can do it. It's not as consistent as it should be, but I'm going to work on that. So, Mainly, I retweet things just to you know keep people in the know that want to follow our particular Twitter account, right? And you can watch us live on there as well. Yeah, you can do that. That is uh, one thing you definitely can do if you follow us. You get live, you know, the live show uh, video of us uh, every Thursday at six p.m. And then also when we do live videos of vi- match reactions, like we did one last night, mm-hmm. it was Jeff Cobb versus Ricochet from. Battle of Los Angeles 2016. We reacted to that. It was a fun match to watch. Go back and watch it. Uh, we, you know, we posted it last night, or we did it. We were streamed it live last night, so now it's available for playback. So go check that one out as well after you're done listening to us here, of course. What we got planned on episode 96, Patrick? On episode 96 of the Average Marks for Thursday, April 29th, 2001, we're gonna. Talk about Impact Rebellion. Uh, we're going to talk about how, obviously, you know, we saw it coming. Uh, Kenny Omega defeated Rich Swan and is now the AEW World Champion and the Impact World Champion as well. And I guess, I don't know if he has the TNA World Heavyweight Championship belt as well, but I think that's just there to make it look like he has more belts. Um, w. Morrissey, formerly known as Big Cass, made his debut and then also Samoa Joe was teased, or at least Samoa Joe showed up in a teaser video for Slammiversary coming up later this summer. 
We'll talk about that as well. Uh, some news that broke not long after we quit recording last week. Mickey James was sent a, a trash bag, I guess, of all her belongings because obviously she was part of the, the, the release or the spring cleaning a couple of weeks ago. And she was sent, I guess, whatever WWE had left of hers in a trash bag and caught a lot of backlash on that. WWE did. And then uh, Mark Carano, I think that's how you say his name, was fired. Apparently, he was maybe the guy behind it. And a lot of negative things have come out about him as well since uh, his firing. Uh, Also, Chelsea Green, earlier this week, she got some heat with a lot of fans after not crediting an artist. We're going to talk about that as well. And uh, there's a new lead producer of Raw and SmackDown. I'll leave that one a little bit of a mystery until we talk uh, talk about that coming up. But most of you may know who I'm talking about already. Also, the Diamond Mine teaser on NXT. You know, who's yeah. who or what is the Diamond Mind? We're going to talk about that as well. Big title match coming up in two weeks, announced last night for a New Japan Championship on AEW Dynamite. We're going to talk about that. And we're also we're going to tease a, a F Mary Kill game for next week. And then we got the rumor mill. Uh, Daniel Bryan has a title match tomorrow. A rumor mill about that. Uh, also, Triple H sold some of his WWE stock. You know, what could that mean? And then also, uh, I put this down, David. I don't know if you want to talk about this uh, because we determined it's probably a fact, but the Nation of Domination uh, is going to have a reunion. So uh, we'll just say it now. They're going to have a reunion in what? uh, Qatar? Qatar? What country? uh, One of those. It's going to be February 26, 2022. I thought it was quicker than that, but. So uh, next year, so yeah. the Nation of Domination will be having a reunion. There you go. You've, you heard it here first. Um, it's be Mark Henry, Ron Simmons, D'Lo Brown, and The Godfather. It's going to be their first reunion in 22 years. Yeah, no Rock. Uh, a little surprising there, but The Rock's a busy guy these Big time days. So, yeah, he's a busy guy. And also, um, rumors on the location of SummerSlam coming up in August, the biggest event of the summer, obviously. So rumors and all of that stuff and everything else I just mentioned, all coming up on The Average Marks, episode number 96 for Thursday, April 29th, 2021. That's right. If you like what we do, throw us a bone. We were sure would appreciate it. Patreon.com forward slash The Average Marks. $1 a month to help you boys out tremendously. Plus, we got some pretty cool perks. Go check it out. All right, so this past Sunday night, Impact Rebellion, it was well, it was a pretty successful event from what I've heard. I heard, I read on Reddit. I was looking through it a while ago. I don't have it up here, but uh, they got like, I don't know, three, at least three times the buy of for that Bound for Glory got, and it was the eighth mo- highest pay per view since like last August, and I think that might be including like all wrestling promotions. Um, so and obviously the 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 big thing around Rebellion was Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan title for title AEW World Title Impact World Title and and I said it last week and I think everybody saw this coming but Kenny Omega defeated Rich Swan in a really good match I saw bits and pieces of it I didn't see the entire thing but no surprises here I mean yeah I, I expected this I'm sure you expected this uh, you know. I did mention the only scenario where I could see Kenny Omega losing was maybe if John Moxley or Eddie Kingston cost him the championship, but neither one of them showed up to Rebellion. So obviously that leaves us with Kenny Omega as the uh, you know Impact and AEW World Champion, and he's I also got the TNA belt there too. 
I would love to see Kenny throw out a tweet and put that story into it that you were just talking about, about the, how huge the buys were and, and like at Sammy Callahan and say, I guess I'm the draw now. Oh yeah, that would, yeah, because obviously he's going to have to defend this belt in, in impact wrestling. So now who's next in line for this impact world championship from Kenny Omega, and how long is he going to run with it? Obviously, he's uh, you know he's had the AEW World Title now since December. He, he's going on what like five or six months with. It. I'm trying to do the math in my head here. He won it on December second, and uh, winter is coming, and you know it's almost May second, so that's like eh, five months. So it's been five months since uh, he's won it, and you know fresh off his Impact World Title victory, how long is he going to run with this one? He's going to you know, he's going to be the the guy. He's the guy in two different companies. Granted, AEW is the more watched company, but you know, Impact. Uh, more and more eyes are starting to get on Impact now because of Kenny Omega and his involvement with the company now, and now him being the Impact World Champion. It'll be interesting to see uh, what goes down tonight. Um, but Kenny Omega, no surprise, World Champion. I'm just curious to see how long he's going to go with it. Uh, you know, you, you follow Impact a little bit more than I do. You know, and you just mentioned, obviously, Sammy Callahan um, and how Kenny Omega can maybe use the number of pay-per-view buys they got to maybe create a story there. Is, is Sammy Callahan next in line, do you think? Or is there someone else uh, on that roster that you think is going to get the next shot at, at Omega? Yeah, no, I don't think Sammy Callahan's next, although that would be a great feud. Um Obviously, the guy they're going to push is Moose, and I think Moose will be the guy eventually to get it off of him, but obviously it's going to have to be in a heelish type way because he's not going to be able to win clean against Kenny Omega, arguably the yeah. best wrestler in the world. But I know two people, or not people, but I know two companies right off the bat that would love for Kenny to hold that belt for a long time. Number one, Impact, and number two, Fight TV because they both got paid. Yes, they did. Um, but like I said, I'm interested to see how long. I mean, does he maybe lose it at Slammiversary? Because I feel like at this point, that may be his next title defense. I don't see him defending it on a Thursday night, maybe once tops, if if there's something there, there's something that pops up. But I guess we'll find out tonight. Uh, you know, As soon as we're done recording, Impact will be on Twitch and Access TV. I think it's still on Access TV, but I don't catch Access. I watch it on Twitch. Sometimes, but we're going to find out more about that, obviously, coming up tonight. Also, another big moment from Rebellion was the debut of W. Morrissey, uh, formerly known as Big Cass, who entered the eight-man tag match in place of Eric Young. You see on the picture there, Eric Young in the background. And a lot of folks were saying how he looks like a jacked-up edge, (laughs) which I can't disagree with that. Um, but Big Cass, he looks better than ever. Uh, he's making his Impact debut. They, they're calling it his Impact debut tonight, but I guess they're talking about his Thursday night Impact debut as, of course, he wrestled on on Thursday. But uh, what kind of, you know, this is, this is a bit of a big grab. Obviously, Big Cass is a well-known name. He's yeah. He had his run in WWE with Enzo, and... He's had his ups and his downs, and now it looks like he's back up. He's kind of on the right track. And 
what are what are the chances maybe we see him and Omega tangle it up for the title at some point? Do you think they maybe throw him into the mix uh, sooner than later, or is that something you you don't think we're going to see anytime soon? I mean, obviously, he's a guy that can come right in and believably challenge for the title. Yeah, he's got the size, he's got the look now, and he's got the you pedigree. know, you know, after he got released from WWE, there was that picture that was going around. Of him and like he had the 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 gut and he just he didn't look you know he didn't look good he didn't look that I mean I'm not gonna say he looked terrible but he didn't look as good as he does now certainly and I don't know it I'll be curious to see what they do with him you know obviously they 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 got a lot of guys from WWE last year in the release this is another guy granted he's been released for a little longer than the other guys but they got him now and. You know, it'd be interesting to see, like I said, what they're going to do with him because, like you said, he's a guy that one can believably, with his size and everything, defeat Omega, the top guy in their company right now, and he can come in and just wreak havoc, especially if they they book him right. Uh, the dude's a monster, and he's, uh, I, th- I think, as long as he can, you know, um, keep his... Off the outside the ring matters in check. He's gonna he can do big things in Impact. I wouldn't be surprised to see that Impact World Title on him if he doesn't get it from Omega. He's gonna get it from somebody else if he you know continues to do big things in, in Impact Wrestling. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you know they can yeah. do with him and where he goes from here. If I'm booking, I know right off the bat what I do. I don't give him a title shot right off the bat. I let Moose take care of that. What I do, I bring Enzo into the fold. Enzo comes in. He wants to reunite the band, get back together as a tag team. And then W. Morrissey's like, no, bro, I'm solo dolo now. Right? So that causes <laughs> yeah. heat between them. Ended up, Morrissey beats him up backstage, or that whole group uh, beats him up backstage, right? Builds it up, the slam anniversary. Now, not only do you have Kenny Omega, who just got you a crap load of buys on your pay-per-view. Now you yeah. got a match between Enzo against Morrissey. Imagine now, how many people that would bring. Now, if Enzo gets brought into this, I would personally like to see Enzo maybe as his mouthpiece because Big Cass, I don't know how his promo if his promo skills have improved at all since he's been released from WWE, but when he was in WWE, I mean, I guess when you tag with a guy like Enzo whose mic skills are are up there, yeah. Uh, you know, you're not gonna. It, it's hard to to match Enzo on the mic. Maybe use him as a mouthpiece for for W Morrissey if Morrissey's promos are not that good. And every now and again, maybe have him wrestle because. And you, you, me, and you kind of disagree on this, but I don't think Enzo's the best wrestler ever. He's he's okay. Um, but you you said you've seen some matches of his where he was, you know, he's actually pretty good. He's uh he's not yeah, bad. We got that live reaction video. You can check it out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube of him fighting John, uh, John, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. That was a really good match. Well, you did that one on you. You reacted to that by yourself, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I was trying out the whole okay. melon system. Yeah, you were you were testing the system, so you tried that out. So you can go back and watch that video too, of course. But I would like to see Enzo as a mouthpiece for. I'd like to see Enzo as a mouthpiece for anybody because when he got, has a mic in his hands, I'm listening. Uh, he's always fun to watch on the mic, and he's very he's very charismatic with that mic, in my opinion. 
And I think he would be a good mouthpiece for for W. Morrissey and Impact. So I honestly, if I had to bet on it, I, I don't think we're going to see Enzo in Impact anytime in the near future. Somewhere down the line, who knows? You never say never in this business. And um, Well, it looks like that's what they're going to use Eric Young for because it looks like he's a part of their group. Yeah, maybe so. But tonight we're going to, you know, just like the Omega situation, we're going to learn a little bit more about W. Morrissey tonight. He's in action tonight. Uh, on Impact, so tune in uh, see uh, who he's who he's probably going to squash tonight on Impact. Right. Um, also, and you just pulled it up. Good job. Right on cue. There was a promo that was ran during Rebellion, and uh, Mike Yo is, I guess, is going to play it here. It's a little thirty-second yep. promo, but it was a promo for Slammiversary, and there was you know a bit of a surprise face that that showed up here. As uh, you can hear it here. And if you're watching the video, you'll obviously be able to see it. And most of you have seen it, but there he is right there. Samoa Joe showed up on the promo. Now, a year ago, same thing sort of happened. They had, I believe like the Good Brothers showed up on the Slammiversary video, and they actually showed up to Slammiversary, and they were previously released by WWE, and like the 90-day no-compete clause was up right before Slammiversary. They were in the Slammiversary promo. They showed up at Slammiversary, and now, of course, they are in the company. Samoa Joe <laughs> were, you know... We've seen this episode before, as uh, Bruce Merchant likes to say. I've seen this episode before. Samoa Joe gets released from WWE. He's showing up in the Slammiversary promo. 90-day no-compete clause is up, I believe, right before. What was the date of Slammiversary? I didn't even even see it. I guess it's July 22nd. Okay, yeah. So July 14th or 15th, I think, is the 90-day no-compete clause. So... July 22nd, if that is the date, yeah, Samoa Joe can easily show up at, at Slammiversary. And, you know, Samoa Joe, he's no stranger to the Impact audience. He's had one hell of a run in Impact. If anything, he, Samoa Joe was made in Impact Wrestling. So uh, would love to, you know, and that, that would be another huge get for Impact Wrestling. You know, Impact Wrestling's trying to build on this momentum. You know, now they got Omega in there. They're working with AEW a little bit. They got W. Morrissey now, and if they get Samoa Joe back, my goodness, uh, I'm ready. You know what I'm ready to see? I'm ready to have some impact shows in front of fans, man. I, yeah. I'm, and we're going to talk a little bit more about you know maybe fans coming back in, in a little while, but uh, I'm excited for the possibility of Samoa Joe. I think the fact that he may show up is going to drive the the pay-per-view buy rate for Slammiversary up even a little bit more. Maybe it outdoes Rebellion. Who knows? It The match card obviously is nowhere set in stone for that show yet, but with the match card and the possibility of Samoa Joe and maybe some other people showing up, who knows what's going to happen. So looking forward to seeing how things progress between now and Slammiversary and uh, the, the card they build for that show. Right, and this isn't the old TNA impact that's bleeding money because Dixie Carter is a dummy. This is a well-run machine by Don Callis and Anthem Medium Group, uh, the people that own it, they got a lot of money. And they can put some money behind signing a big name like Samoa Joe, most definitely. Absolutely, so looking forward to it. 
All right, moving on now, we're going to go to, well, the, like I said, this happened right off or right after we finished recording last week. It was Mickey James, I believe, sent out a tweet of a picture. It was a trash bag in a box, and it was all of her belongings, I guess, that she she left at the Thunderdome or whatever the case may be that WWE sent back to her in a trash bag. And it was like, I think there's, you know, there's a, there was a sticker on it with her name, Mickey. And she tweeted it out. Fans were in an uproar. And uh, even Triple H tweeted out, uh, you know, apologizing, this and that. Stephanie McMahon tweeted out apologizing and whatnot. And ultimately, uh, this guy who I've never even heard of before last week, Mark Carano, was fired from WWE. And apparently, I don't know if he was behind this or in charge of getting the belongings sent back to the released superstars. There, might, I think there was other released superstars. I want to say Zack Ryder. I mean, not Zack Ryder, but formerly known as Zack Ryder. Matt Cardona said that Chelsea Green had also received a trash bag as she was one of the girls who was also released a couple of weeks ago. And I tell you what, it's a bad look because this Mark Carano guy... It, I mean, it was a bad look regardless, but it was a bad look because apparently this guy, Mark Carano, is not a very well-liked guy in the wrestling community because when his name was thrown out there that he was fired and that he was probably in charge of or fired because he was responsible for sending this trash bag back, a lot of folks started coming out, and like this one person even tweeted out. Or I think it was an ex-girlfriend of Mark Carano. Maybe tweeted out that something guy about hate girlfriends. Yes, believe it or not, you know it's you'd be surprised at some of the guys in the in the world that don't deserve girlfriends have girlfriends, and not only have girlfriends but have smoking hot girlfriends uh, that they do not deserve. But who knows? I don't know if she's you know really attractive or whatnot. But anyway, that's a story for another day. <laughs> So this girl, his ex-girlfriend, or maybe it was an ex-wife, I don't know. It was an ex-lover, we'll say that. And she tweeted out something about, hey, WWE, maybe you should investigate uh, Mark Carano because apparently he has all these stolen belts that he keeps in his Florida vacation home or something like that. Oh, wow. So so apparently this woman just put him on blast like, hey, he's stolen all these championship belts and he hides them at his his Florida home or some one of his homes, I guess, uh, that he has. So that right there is like, Ooh, okay. And then, you know, the former WWE superstar, Eugene tweeted out something. See, I think I have it right here. Uh, Hey pinky, where does he store his sexual assault allegations? Uh, Like, so this dude, a lot of bad juju with this guy and uh, no one, it, it seems like was sad to see him go, but uh, but nonetheless, Mickey James uh, obviously was apologized to, and she even had something to say. You know, she was equally embarrassed and, and whatnot. She said, "I think she sent out a tweet. I think replying to Stephanie." But yeah, just a you know, a, I don't know. A, I can't think of the word, but it, it's a. I don't know. I guess you can call it a dick move. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I, for lack of a better word that I can think of at the moment. Um, yeah, just not a good look at all, though. To send, and, you know, you got $3 billion worth of deals. You can't send these people's, you know, belongings back in something a little nicer than a black trash bag. 
And that kind of, it's it's like a, I don't know, once again, another word I can't think of, but, you know, sending them things back in a trash bag, is that ultimately a, you know, something, a symbolism of what you think of these people? I mean, it's it, it's mind-blowing that in... At first, when I saw this, I was like, well, that's not a good look. Like, and I didn't think really much of it. Then it kind of just blew up all over the all over social media. Uh, and then ultimately, it led to this guy being fired. So it obviously turned into somewhat of a big deal. But no one was uh, upset to see this guy go, I'll tell you what. Yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm taken up for this dude because obviously he's a douche. But I'm pretty sure he gave this to some lackey to do. Mm-hmm. And the lackey was like, What's the easiest thing to round up all this crap? A trash bag. Yeah. You walk around with the trash bag here, 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 here. Uh, now I got to go walk all the way over there to get some more Mickey stuff, put it in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really easy to transport around and put people's stuff in. Yeah, it's a bad visual, obviously, when it gets tweeted and taken out of context. But, you know, we use trash bags all the time to clean up around the house. I mean, obviously, we're throwing it in the trash, but... Um, yeah. It's just such an easy thing to do. And number two, um, Nick Aldis, we've had some beef in the past, and you've blocked us from Twitter. But I want to let you know right now, hopefully this video gets to you. You don't deserve Mickey. <laughs> Nobody deserves Mickey. Not even me, as much as I, I would love to get that out. Yeah, we know there's no love lost between you and old Nick Aldis. Screw but, that, dude. but yeah, bad look by you know WWE or Mark Carano, and I, I agree. I don't think he literally put the stuff in the trash bag and sent it off himself. He obviously probably had a goon to to do that himself. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it's probably his responsibility to make sure that these belongings are, are sent back and get back safely to you know to their rightful owners and. You know, and while they got back safely, I'm sure just the, the presentation, just F for presentation on, on that one. Um, well, let's continue now on the, the, the heat trend. And that is, you know, well, that's not what we're going to talk about, oh. but we can talk about it. I thought we were going to stay in there because it was WWE related. Let well, me, uh, let me, uh, let me get, well, no, I can, I, I can switch over to this one real quick. All right. You know? Yeah. I mean, let me click a few things here. No, go ahead. Do what you got to do, man. But uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start talking about it. So, yeah. so earlier this week on Twitter, Chelsea Green was called out by, I guess, a, a fan who created some fan art of hers that Chelsea Green actually used, I believe, as her Twitter cover photo. She used it in some way, form, or fashion. And the person who created the fan art reached out to her basically was just asking for credit. That's all they wanted. It was just, hey, you mind crediting my work? You know, this is how I make an income doing fan art, this and that. And I think Chelsea initially didn't even respond. And then they reached out again saying, would you mind crediting? And they weren't rude about it. At least I don't think they they didn't come off very rude. I mean, they were, you know, trying to be, I guess, as nice as possible about it. And then the second time they reached out, Chelsea Green said, just said, I deleted it. And I guess she took it off her Twitter or whatever, wherever she had it. And that person, you know, shared those DMs with her and Chelsea. And boy, Chelsea got some backlash, man. I mean, it, it really wasn't, you know, we're, we're sticking with the theme of, you know, not a good look here. It, it really wasn't a good look. 
because it seems like Chelsea could have easily just said, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I'll shoot out a tweet and, you know, credit you and just tag you or whatever. But instead she did more work by deleting it. And, well, I don't know if it's more work, but nonetheless, like, it's probably the same amount of work and it costs the same. It's free, you know, to just give someone a shout out because they created something apparently you saw that you liked enough to use on your own personal social media. And I'll give her credit. She ultimately came back and credited the person, but, you know, after a bunch of fan backlash, she got on, on Twitter. And, you know, I think that in a week or two, if not by now, it, this is kind of all blown over. But, you know, hey, for for a couple of hours, man, she was she was taking a beating on social media about just how she came off. And, you know, uh, and then she, you know, she even tweeted out how saying she loves the artist. She likes, she loves paying the artist and this and that. And like I said, she ultimately sent out a tweet, tagged that person, gave them credit and whatnot. But, you know, had she not received all that backlash or had that fan not received, you know, or had not that fan shared those DMs, you know, would she have ever credited, you know, that artist? I say no, but, you know, that's, uh, you never know. But it wasn't a good look for, for Chelsea Green for a little bit. But, you know, I don't think this is going to harm her long term. I think it harmed her for a few hours. Uh, and maybe there might be a couple of fans that might say, you know what, screw her. She ain't worth it. And But overall, I think it won't, you know, won't keep her from getting a job, certainly somewhere else. But, you yeah. know, once again, not a good look. Her tagging that dude was totally damage control. And yeah, it kind of was. She showed what kind of person she is in the DMs. And obviously, what you do in the dark will come to the light most of the times. Yeah, and which, what do like, you do when oh, no one's watching? God, huh? I got yeah. to get in front of this. Yeah, because like I said, and I kind of followed it live. I wouldn't say live, but you know, I was at work. I think it was Tuesday morning it happened, and... And I was at work, and I, you know, I pop on Twitter, and I saw that, you know, one of the first tweets I saw was this fan that shared it. And it had been like an hour since they had shared it, the DMs. And I was reading through, it and I was like, "Ooh, okay." And I started seeing the replies, and everyone, and some people were kind of back at Chelsea Green, but then some people were like, "You know, that's, you know, that's not right." She, you know, it, it, it don't take much for you to, you know. So it, it, there was a split, you know, fan. Uh, I don't know if we say fan vote, but there was a split reaction uh, for Chelsea Green. The, some people were backing her up, and then some people were kind of shooting her down. And ultimately, I think even by now, two days later, and in, in the coming days, people are going to forget about it and move on. I don't think no real damage was done. And, and what's funny, she says in her apology thing, I pay the artists that I use. Yeah, right. You're Google searching images of yourself to find free <laughs> stuff that you could put up on your Twitter page. You could have easily found it and said, oh, okay, let me reach out to this guy or gal and offer him a $20 bill. But instead, mm -hmm. you said, no, I'm just going to left-click or right-click. I'm going to copy this thing and throw it on my Twitter page, you douchebag. <laughs> so, yeah, Chelsea Green got in a little bit of heat earlier this week, but you know, I think this is going to – this will blow over fairly quickly. So uh, let's move on over now to uh, some WWE stuff. Uh, 
and I was waiting to see what you were if you were going to put up uh, the. Uh, I, no, I'm waiting on you next. I'm gunshine. Yeah. Oh, uh, all right. Um, so there's a new lead producer of Raw and SmackDown. It was John Laurinaitis, but now it is Jason Jordan, the son of Kurt Angle, is now the lead producer of Raw and SmackDown, and. You know, this was some news that that broke. I don't say it broke, but came out like a day or two ago. And you know, this is a, I guess, an interesting move to see because you're going from a guy in John Laurinaitis who's an old school guy, a lot older. You know, he wrestled in a much different era of wrestling, and now Jason Jordan, who you know came up in NXT, had one of the hottest tag teams for a while with American Alpha, and you know he's a young mind and. He obviously, due to injuries, he can't wrestle, as far as I know. It'll be interesting to see how he produces these shows, and um, I'll be also interested to see if you know they flow any differently. Uh, starting, I guess, tomorrow. I guess I'm assuming he's going to produce SmackDown tomorrow, and then Raw next week. But interesting move uh, that J- Jason Jordan, you know, and that because. I don't know who else they were considering for that role or if he was maybe next in line. They've been grooming him to to be that guy. But interesting move. Uh, I hope that, you know, with with his young mind and, you know, maybe because of the fact that he was in NXT, maybe he learned some stuff under Triple H, who's doing obviously fantastic work with NXT. Maybe he uses some NXT tactics when he's producing stuff and whatnot, and maybe it'll – make the show just that that much better, Raw and SmackDown, because we all know that Raw and SmackDown have seen better days, and well, maybe this is a, a step in the right direction of improving the product a little bit, having Jason Jordan be the, the lead producer of both Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, kind of pig, uh, to piggyback on what you were saying, it's funny that this comes almost out of nowhere, because... It's not like we've heard from Triple H or Vince McMahon saying how much of a shining star he is behind the scenes and how, you know, he's going to be, you know, next in line or, you know, he's got great things in his future. We've never heard a peep about Jason Jordan as a producer. And then now all of a sudden we're replacing Johnny O. I know, right? Like it was, I think it came as a shock to a lot of fans. No one really saw this coming. And then even if, they came out and said, we're going to have a new lead producer of Raw and SmackDown, but we're still figuring it out. I don't know if even anybody would have really guessed that it would have been Jason Jordan. You know, I don't know who like I, said, I don't know who else they may have considered for the job or who else would be qualified to have that job, but I certainly would have, wouldn't have thought of Jason Jordan, but uh, congrats to Jason Jordan. That's a, you know, it seems like it's a, it's a pretty important role, big role, and I hope he can you know, improve, help improve the product and he thrives in the role. And, you know, if he can help both shows step in the right direction and Hey, I'm all for it. And, you know, maybe it's also for optics on TV. They want to give him more of an on-screen role. as like a power figure, right? And he's a good looking dude. He's young. And that's the thing. I don't know if he's going to even be on, you know, on TV or not. Like yeah. that's, I I just don't see a scenario where he comes back on TV because I don't think he was ever, you know, that big of a star to where he can come back on TV and be a, a uh, 
an authority figure of sorts. I just don't think. Of course, Adam Pierce is an authority figure, and he's never been that big of a star either. So, and then Laurinaitis was a star in Japan. He never was a star in the states. Yeah, but he also had the last name Laurinaitis. So, yeah. could have easily been confused with other Laurinaitises. But yeah, Jason Jordan, new lead producer of Raw and SmackDown. All right, uh, we talked about the Samoa Joe teaser earlier. There's another teaser that happened earlier this week. There it is right there, if you're watching the video. A teaser on NXT last Tuesday for Diamond Mine, which is very interesting. Um, I I don't know what to make of this. A lot of people immediately, including, I guess you shared the, the post on Tuesday night, asking, did NXT just tease Tessa Blanchard? And... A lot of fans on social media, I think that was their first thought, was Tessa Blanchard. I've seen other people say Parker Boudreaux, who was a a really hyped uh, um, prospect going to the Performance Center, supposedly going to be the next Brock Lesnar, because I guess he looks like Brock Lesnar to an extent. But I really don't know what to make of this. Um, Certainly it's going to draw some buzz. I don't think they announced when... And that's the thing, Diamond Mine, uh, I don't know if maybe that's a... It, it feels like it could be a faction, That to me. Like, I just think of the name Diamond Mine. It, it feels like a faction name, to me. Or it's it's a nickname for somebody. Like Diamond Mine, Tessa Blanchard. Or Diamond Mine, Parker Boudreaux. Which I think Parker Boudreaux, like, already kind of has a nickname, at least on social media, it's like something of the gods or something like that. I don't even remember what it is. I have to look it up here real quick. But he already has a nickname. Let's see if I can look it up real quick. He uses it on his social media. Here we go. Parker. No, that's not the that's the wrong Parker. Well, why are you looking him up? Let me let me tell him why I thought it was Tessa Blanchard. Go Obviously, right ahead. She uses the diamond on her wrestling gear. And shout out to Mark Mailer on Facebook. This guy has really good insight on the wrestling business, but Mark Mailer said that the rock has been mentoring Tessa Blanchard ever since um, she got canned at impact and she's been working in triple a. Well, the rock has taken her under his wing and he's thinking maybe the rock gave Vince the green light and said, Hey, she's ready to get back in the, in the spotlight. She's ready for the big times. Also, I, I can see what you say about Parker Boudreaux as well. Cause they could start calling him the diamond in the rough because you see the taped up hands. You would think of a brawler, which Tessa Blanchard is too. I'm torn, man. Yeah, and I, the the nickname they use for Parker Boudreaux, at least that the fans, I guess, have given him, or I don't know if he gave it himself, is the Destroyer of Gods, which I kind of like myself. I would even go with that. So, I tell you what, if it is Tessa Blanchard, what a gift for NXT. Yeah, she's, you know, she got. Canned from Impact, uh, she kind of had some, you know, uh, outside the ring, you know, issues and and whatnot. And you know, I think a lot of people were hesitant to go after her, but you know, at this point, with all that money WWE's racking in with their TV deals and Peacock, uh, hey, they were like, you know what? And like you said, if The Rock has been mentoring her and the Rock endorsed her to Vince. I mean, I feel like Vince would trust The Rock's judgment on that, and I'm just, I'm kind of hyped to see who it's going to be. Um, you know, 
immediately when people started throwing the name Tessa Blanchard out there, right there, you already have the expectations set very high for who or what this could be. So hopefully it's not a letdown, but I have no clue. I I, I didn't even I didn't get a chance to watch NXT. I saw all these the Diamond Mine the logo shared all over social media Tuesday night as NXT was coming to an end. And everyone I saw was saying Tessa Blanchard. Some folks said Parker Boudreaux. I haven't seen much else, but if it's Tessa, uh, that'll I think that'll get a little more a little more eyes certainly on NXT, and they could uh, they could use some more eyes. They uh, since going, you know, it's only been two weeks now, but since going solo on Tuesday nights, their their ratings haven't you know I guess gone up as much as they they'd hope to, but. Tessa Blanchard might be able to help that out. And I think this is a timely hire right here if it's Tessa Blanchard because Mickey James, after she got released, she started telling like interviewers that she had a sit-down meeting with Vince talking about an all-female brand. Yeah. So you get a big hire like that, and I would imagine they would just put that show, not that it's inferior, but they would just put that show on the Peacock, you know, version of the WWE network. Mm-hmm. Um, but Obviously, one of the best women's rosters on the planet. So that show would be outstanding. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's like when uh, WWE had uh, the the Evolution pay-per-view. I thought it was a fantastic pay-per-view. I wish they would have done it again. Um, I think Ronda Rousey was a big part in that because arguably Ronda Rousey is the biggest mainstream star they've ever had in the women's division. And is probably the the reason the women even main evented WrestleMania 35. So it's a shame now that Ronda's not here that they're not doing things like that anymore. Well, they did it with Sasha and Bianca on night one, but let's be honest: if WrestleMania wasn't two nights, you know, Sasha and Bianca were not main eventing WrestleMania, unfortunately. But luckily, it was two nights, and luckily, Sasha and Bianca main evented night one in a very good match that they had. But and all women's brand, it's interesting because, you know, it's never been done that way here. It's, been, it's done like that in Japan, but things are done, when it comes to pro wrestling, things are done a lot differently in Japan than in the States. So I think it would be a hit, um, but I think some people were saying that maybe they felt that more people would go watch that and it would take away from watching a, a male-only show it would take fans away, you know what I'm saying? So now, because you, you know, if you have them both on one show, obviously you get the women fans and the men's fans combined together. Versus, if you do something like that, you might end up, you know, splitting the the viewership or sixty percent maybe watching the males, forty percent watching the females, or whatever the case may be, and your numbers aren't as high, and that's you know that wouldn't be a good look, obviously, to the networks and things like that. Right, but if you have it on just the Peacock Network, then obviously you might get some more monthly buys as well. Yeah, that that is true too. So there's ways to do it now, I guess. And I don't know when Mickey proposed that. Maybe it was in the last few years, which even the last few years they have they've had the network. So, um, but I don't see it ever happening. Obviously, I think if it would have happened, it, it it certainly would have happened by now. As popular as the women's division has gotten in WWE. Um. All right, let's move on now to. Uh, AEW Dynamite in a, just a couple of weeks, a big title match, which was announced pretty much out of nowhere last night. The IWGP US Championship, John Moxley's defending against 
Yuji Nagata. And boy, did Cruz and Brink mark out when they heard that in, <laughs> in, in our in our group chat. Uh, they're the big New Japan guys, um, which we will have to get them on at some point, obviously, ASAP. Yep. But IWGP US Championship match in two weeks, May the 12th, Moxley and Nagata on AEW Dynamite. Nagata, you know, he's a veteran of the wrestling world. He's been around since the 90s. Uh, he had, a, I think, a year or two stint in WCW. But other than that, he's pretty much been in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And he's one of uh, he's he's his accolades are you know they're there. I mean he's won the IWGP Heavyweight Title. He's been a tag team champion in, in New Japan. He's won uh, the G1 Climax. He's been a New Japan Cup winner. I think a couple of times. He's almost done it all. He's never won the IWGP US Championship. So that's one more thing he can just add to his long list of accolades. But as uh, as Brinkman said, he expects this to be a very stiff match in a couple of weeks. Um, I hope this is going to be one of those New Japan-style matches because the way they wrestle in New Japan, it's obviously fairly similar to how they wrestle, especially in AEW, but there, there is that difference. There is that Japan difference. And, uh, you know, when they wrestle, they wrestle. They are chopping each other. They're, you know... I'm trying to think of the, the you know, a shoulder bump. I mean, they're, they're really like... Or shoot style. Yeah, it is more shoot style. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Really more shoot style fighting. So I'm really excited about that match in two weeks. I'm sure Cruz and Brinkman, they're going to do their best to, to tune in and watch it as well. I know they watch AEW when they can, but they're certainly going to make it a point to try and watch in a couple of weeks with, with that match. And I think, you know, because AEW last night, you know, their ratings, they, they kind of took a hit in the ratings last night. They were at 1.12 million last week, and just last night, 889,000. So they lost 200,000-plus viewers from last week to this week when they only lost about maybe 100,000 from two weeks ago to last week. And I was hoping they'd stay above a million, but, man, they dropped even below 900,000 last night. So I'm hoping maybe... This match, and then next week is Blood and Guts, which has been a pretty hyped event. Hopefully more people will watch that. And then there's a lot of people who are really excited about this match right here. I've seen a lot of people on social media just hype how this match kind of just came out of nowhere. There's been no hype for this match, at least not on AEW television. And, you know, Moxley and Nagata, man, that's... uh, I think that's going to... Ooh, excuse me. uh, That's going to get... A few more eyes on AEW Dynamite, I believe. Will it get him back over the million mark? I, I hope so. But uh, I, I will be very interested to find out. And I'm very interested to see this match. I think there's going to be a little bit different style to this match that we than we've been seeing in AEW. I think this is going to be a, a a very New Japanish style match where it's just very stiff and, as you put it, a, a sh- like a shoot-style fight. Yeah, I don't think it would do anything for the ratings because the average U.S. viewer is not even going to know what Yuji Nagata is. Mm-hmm. But what I find interesting is that, you know, Moxley was getting a lot of heat during the pandemic for not dropping the belt so that it could go back to Japan and mm-hmm. be, you know, defended by a working champion over there. And it's interesting that now he's going to defend it in the U.S., well, it is the U.S. title, so I guess I can understand it being defended in the U.S., but at the same time, because New Japan was starting... 
Yeah, and New Japan was starting to do shows in America before the pandemic, and then when the pandemic hit, obviously, you know, a lot of, you know, most, if not all wrestling companies had to kind of centralize where they were doing their shows. So, you know, now, I guess, uh, Yuji Nagata, they're able to get him over here to the United States and, um, and use AEW, which, you know, we talked about AEW and Impact's relationship. You know, what does this say about AEW and New Japan's relationship? I think that's a relationship yeah. a lot of fans are, would be more excited about, uh, myself included. And I know Brink and Cruz would be more excited about a New Japan-AEW relationship, which we, there obviously is some sort of relationship there because Moxley is still holding one of their belts. And he's shown it on AEW television before. And he's now going to defend it for the first time on AEW television. So I'm hoping that... I mean, I kind of hope Moxley keeps it because then that means the New Japan relationship, granted it's, you know, a very minimal relationship at this point, means it, it'll probably continue. Versus if Nagata wins it, he's going to take it back to New Japan and, you know, that may be the end of the New Japan AEW relationship, maybe for now. Maybe not forever, but for now. So, God, I hope not. You know, and, and if. Can I fantasy book again for a second here, Patrick? Have at it. Have at it. All right. At the next pay-per-view, right? The show's about to go off the air, right? Will Ospreay's music hits. Boy. He comes out. <laughs> he puts his belt on the line and challenges Kenny Omega for the AEW and the Impact belt. And in the next pay-per-view, winner takes all. Boy, I tell you what, that would be... Uh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. That would be wild. Um, that, 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 that would be a match that would draw a lot of eyeballs. Like, and um, Osprey comes, like, squatted up. He's got his squad from New Japan, and they come in there, and they just lay waste to the elite. I mean, that would... It would get certainly get fan... It would get eyeballs the following week on Dynamite. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Uh, it's the thing. We, we just don't know the 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 status of the relationship uh, of these two companies so it's kind of like with AEW and Impact like Omega's been going over there but like we don't have re we haven't really had any Impact guys outside of the Good Brothers that have come to AEW I know Matt Hardy and the Private Party they showed up on Impact one night as well and that's kind of been the extent of it but man a New Japan AEW relationship my goodness yeah. I think I'm hoping fingers crossed like that. When the pandemic is pretty much over with, that we'll start seeing more Japan guys coming over and more AEW guys heading to Japan, and you know they'll have that relationship like that. So we can only hope. Most definitely. All right, uh, rumor mill time. I'm guessing. Yeah. Go ahead and start off uh, with yours. That's that's a big one. All right. So uh, the one I pulled up here, and I, I pulled it up not long before, uh, if I can find it. I know I got it. Here we go. Okay, I found it. So, a new rumor report from WrestleVotes notes, and this is on PWMania.com, this particular article, but they got this rumor report from WrestleVotes that notes that there is a, quote, hot WWE SummerSlam location rumor going around, one that would excite a lot of people. WWE has not made a decision on SummerSlam, uh, the location of it, but details are still being worked out. But it was noted that an announcement should be coming sometime after June as many cities are starting to lift their COVID-19 restrictions. No other details were provided, but it was said 
that Boston is likely doubtful for the host city. It was reported last week that WWE was considering Phoenix, Arizona, or somewhere in Texas for the biggest show of the summer. It was also said that WWE was looking to hold the show outdoors in a stadium setting this year with fans in the crowd, which would make SummerSlam the first show with fans since WrestleMania. They should have it over at the uh, baseball field in Arlington. They're already packing that thing out for baseball games. Yes, they are. I was. I'm, I'm, my fingers are crossed for Houston because that's a quick two-hour rip from us. So I would love to go back to Houston and go watch a SummerSlam show. Um, but uh, I'm not – because of the fact that obviously they had um, the Royal Rumble, which was I think the, the biggest – their biggest show – the last big show they had pre-pandemic, uh, in a, at least in a big stadium like that, was in Houston at Minute Maid Park. So I don't expect they'll go back there. But maybe Dallas, uh, like I said, the ballpark in Arlington, um, or, or Phoenix. Uh, they certainly want to try to get away from the, you know, obviously the, the East Coast or from Florida because that's where they've been now for a year and change. Uh, yeah. they, they have not left Florida. So... We'll see, though. But just a rumor right now. Obviously, we're not going to hear an announcement probably for at least a month or so. So we'll certainly keep our eyes open and our uh, our ears peeled. WWE is describing tomorrow's universal title match between Brian and Roman Reigns that if Daniel Bryan loses, he'll be banished from SmackDown. So speculation on the dirt sheets is that Brian's going to lose and move to another brand. Could it be NXT, Patrick? That would be awesome um, if he went to NXT. We've Daniel never seen Bryan Daniel Bryan. Balor match. Oh, don't get me excited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, there's an Archer meme out there that uh, I don't even want to say it, but uh, you know, my uh, I might as well say it since we're not on the actual radio. But uh, there's a thing on there. It's, it says uh, my penis can only get so erect. So <laughs> um, Finn Balor and Daniel Bryan take all of my money. Um, I think he could put on a great match with a lot of dudes. Now, Daniel Bryan, I would not be shocked if he's like trying to push at least to go to NXT because Daniel Bryan, I saw I was reading an article about how he would love to go to different companies and you know just wrestle with different companies while still being employed with WWE, I guess, part-time in a sense. Good luck with and he that. was also saying how he feels a lot of guys should be wrestling in other companies to kind of learn new things and stuff like that. So I think Daniel Bryan's all for... Definitely going to NXT, considering he was a you know he was a, a the member a member of the original Nexus, but that was before it was really turned into NXT into the brand it is today. So he's never really wrestled in NXT, I suppose. But better late, you know, better late than never, right? And it's probably nothing, but Triple H just sold over two million dollars in stock. He said he still owns about 50,000 shares. What do you think this is all about? Well, I was looking at the stock price, and you know, I've been in the stock market now, and I'm, I'm still not, I'm not, no, I'm nowhere near a stock market expert, but the WWE stock right now is, is, is kind of high compared to where it's really been the last year. And in, in the last year, I think the highest price it was at was like $61, and right now it's at 55 I looked before we started recording. And I tell you what, it's a uh, and you know, and two million dollars worth of stock. Let me see. So if he sold two million dollars, and hypothetically if he sold it today, I'm just gonna do the the math because if I had to guess, Triple H has at the very least ten thousand shares of WWE stock. 
I mean, WWE's been a you know globally uh, a publicly traded company for twenty years now. It said he so, has fifty thousand left. Fifty thousand dollars. Oh, fifty thousand. It said said he had fifty thousand shares left. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then. It said he so, still yeah, there owns you go. almost fifty thousand shares. So fifty. So I'm just gonna do the quick math here. Times fifty five. So he's got two point seven million dollars. So apparently he's sold like almost half of his stocks. That's which is a lot. Um, but I don't know. I, I really don't know what. I, I guess he suspects it's gonna go back down. Because what a lot of people do in the stock market is when they feel like the price is at a it's at a good price and they want to sell it, they'll wait for it to dip and they might use that money to buy more stocks and then sell it for at a higher price later make money. That's what some people do with stocks. I kind of I've done that a time or two. Uh, sometimes it's backfired, but uh, apparently you know he's obviously in the know in WWE. So he, maybe he wants I guess, to buy some Dodgecoin. Maybe so. Uh, he better hop on that train. That train done left the station. Um, it, it might be getting to another station and taking off again. But maybe he can buy one bitcoin. Oh, he can buy a few bitcoins <laughs> with with two million dollars. You can buy a hand, at least a handful of bitcoins. But um, I don't know people. And I feel like a lot of those big shareholders in WWE, you know, they sell their stocks probably more often than we're aware of. Maybe but, Mama wanted a new yacht. Yeah, maybe Stephanie wanted a. Maybe maybe he's taking Stephanie on a little vacation or something. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, Patrick. Be sure to join us on Facebook and Twitter at the Average Marks. You can always watch our live shows and reactions on all our social medias as well: Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, YouTube. Also, next week, Patrick, we're bringing back FMK. F. Mary Kill, yes. yes, my favorite game. And uh, we're looking gonna, forward to see who you who you pick for me next week. Yes, we're going to pick three girls from the three major corporations: WWE, mm-hmm. AEW, and Impact. And then Patrick has to choose which one he's going to f, which <laughs> one he's going to marry, and which one he's going to kill. So the it's last always a time, fun time. So the last time you were going to marry Ty Conti, yes, and you were going to f Scarlett Bordeaux. That is correct. And you were going to kill Tennille Dashwood. As much as it pains me to say, based on those three, yes, I was going to kill Tennille Dashwood. I mean, you got to kill one of them. Yeah, I got to kill one of them. And unfortunately for Tennille, it just wasn't her day. Right. So we're going to do that next week. Looking forward to episode 97. Before we get out of here, Patrick, got anything extra, man? No, I think that's it. You um, You know, go like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitch, uh, on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and, you know, just, uh, keep it locked to us. Uh, you know, we, we love talking wrestling, um, you know, leave comments on our stuff. If you want to chat about anything wrestling, we love to get in some wrestling discussions with you guys. And, uh, we're here every Thursday, 6 PM, uh, every other week or so, we're going to do uh, reaction videos to random matches. If you want to see us, if there's a match out there, anybody wants us to see us do a, re- a reaction to, you know, shoot us a link. Let us know, or just let us know what match, and we'll go look for it and find the video ourselves. That's right. If you like what we do and you would like to support us to help our podcast and everything that we do go to the next level, right down there, you can see it on the live stream, patreon.com forward slash the average marks. Start out at a dollar a month, 
I don't think that would hurt anybody's bank account, but it sure would help us in the long run if a whole bunch of people did it. We sure would appreciate it. All right. I guess we're out of here, Patrick. Outro. You've been listening to the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast with David Boston and Patrick Fry. All opinions discussed in the show are those of the Average Marks and do not represent any wrestling company, organization, or individual. This has been a Lake Area Media LLC production.